the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Tonight, cloudy most of the time with a low 24. Tomorrow, considerable clouds with rain and drizzle in the afternoon of a high 39. Tomorrow night, a little rain in the evening, otherwise mostly cloudy with a low 29. Saturday, cloudy with a couple of rain or snow showers in the afternoon with a high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Just before the show was uh, underway, I'm sitting here in the studio by myself, and what am I doing? Looking at my phone. Just before we went to air? Yeah. I thought I'd pick up my phone. Just double check, see if new Mike's sending me something good. Earlier this week, I pulled my phone out of my pocket. Unfortunately, it was your phone. <laughs> right, and then you realized that you had your phone and my phone, and I had nothing. <laughs> Which made it hard for us to communicate. Heaven help us. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, The New York Times is doing a series called I Also Quit, or I Quit, where they in, have invited various essayists or wits to talk about quitting their job, a band, Gum. The presidential. Why would you want to quit gum? I don't know. Said it's unsanitary. Plus, it hurts their jaw. Um, the priesthood, cars, dating, caring, my caring. church. That's not my church. Okay. Skin care. I quit skin care. <laughs> What's that mean? You stop washing know. your face. Anyway, I quit my smartphone. Thanks to the Alan Carr technique for quitting smoking. Now, uh, you know, everybody who loves their phone knows that it's a, a double-edged it sword. Is. It is. It's right. not all bad. Oh, no. It's absolutely fabulous, which is why we've fallen in love with it. And it's so dang addictive. At the same time, it is addictive. And it is a problem. Is it not? I got my hair cut today. Yeah, yeah. Now, for you guys, you too. <laughs> When you go to get a haircut, it's different. Mm-hmm. I sent I sent you photographic uh, evidence I of, of me getting my hair done. Anyway, so you sit in one place mm-hmm. when the when my friend Amy's putting the coloring on, mm-hmm. okay, and then you go to another place in another room to get it washed out. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's a process. When I walked the thirty feet from where I was sitting to have my hair colored mm-hmm. to where I was going to have it washed out. I took my phone. Of course you did. And as I was sitting there waiting for this nice young woman to wash my hair, mm-hmm. I thought, really? Did I need my phone for that trip? Like, I couldn't just leave the phone there. I had to bring it with me. So it's become a security blanket. Yes. Right? 
I mean, and then I thought to myself, oh, well, the reason I have it is in case John needs to call me. Of course. Well, like, you couldn't wait the two minutes until I was going to call <laughs> oh, you back. I mean, it just doesn't happen. even make any sense. My phone is so connected to me that on my case, I have my debit card and my license. Wow. So I'm under a legal obligation <laughs> to carry my phone with me. It doesn't me. have anything to do with me. No, no. It's just you and the government. It's money and identification. Okay. So I need that. Anyway, in this article, I quit my smartphone. Uh, the author, uh, a woman by the name of Lisa Wells, she talks about, you know, she's what she's discovered is that her attention has altered. Her lack of attention has altered because she's connected with this thing and is only doing quick bites. The, yeah, that's me. The age of deep diving right. Right, has gone away. Yes. I was thrilled. My, my uh, 19-year-old this past week devoured a book in one day. And you said, thank goodness he can still read paper. Remember when he used to do that? Yeah, of course. Remember when your kids did that? He said to me, he said, I haven't done that in a decade since wow. I was a little kid. Read a book in a day. And I get that. Because now we are living in a different mindset, right? So they tried to quit their phone. Lisa Wells tried to quit her smartphone. Um, she she tried every sort of thing to do. Anyway, she picked up this idea of, if I quit smoking cold turkey, I'm going to tell all of my friends, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit my smartphone. So if you need me and I don't respond, it doesn't mean that I've passed away or I've broken my leg and can't get up. It means I'm intentionally stepping away. It crushed her. She could not do this for a week, which was what her goal was. She said she went eight hours successfully, and then she gave in. Second day, she went six hours and then gave in. Third day, she just gave in. Wow. Yeah. I like to think I'd do better than that, but then why would I think that? What about me has demonstrated this absurd confidence I have that I could do without it? I don't know. The phone, which here's, here's her premise. The phone does not fill a void. It creates one. The phone does not fill a void. Hmm. It creates one in your mind, in your soul, in your longing for... Connection? Yes. Information? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a story of despair, basically. So the end of the the end of the article is not she's developed some type no, of confidence no. to be without it and she's victorious. It's not a happy she's not ending. victorious. No, she's not. She's a failure. She's an addict, and she is warning us in our addictive behaviors to stop now or be like her. Isn't that sad? How long do you think you could go without your phone? If you no now say someone else was handling the show. Oh, if so, I could just so like... so work was not an issue. How long could you go without your phone? Well, a few years ago, I, I went and uh, on a silent retreat. They said to me, you know, when the retreat starts, leave your phone in your car and don't go back to your car. So I went seven days without my phone. But I could not tell you the excitement that I had when I got in my car at the end of seven days and turned that baby back on. I could not believe how excited. I mean, it was Christmas morning times 100. That's how excited I was to see all this rush of text messages, emails, Facebook updates, Twitter feed. But in the seven days, you did okay. See, that's a triumph. You're way better than this well, woman from the New York Times. What it is, though, you know, it's – well, yeah. I mean, if you're like, you know – Well, you're in a monastery. It does make it exactly. a little easier. I mean, if you're in jail, right. you're going to stay away from right. your phone. Okay, you're right. Okay. Atmosphere. I mean, you know what environment I mean? Environment to yeah. play. If you are, you know, are forced to deny yourself, you will. 
But left to your own thin veil of lack of control, forget about it. And I don't think we're unusual here. I don't think we are That's either. what I'm saying. I feel like I could do okay. You think? Okay, you hero. <laughs> are you going to take a trip here soon? You're going to take a trip with limited Wi-Fi. I am. There you go. And I have no idea how limited. I could have Wi-Fi an hour a day or zero hours a day or 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a bad habit. I mean, look, I don't think it's a bad habit. I think it's potentially awesome and we have a tendency to overindulge. Yeah. I but, think it's like food. But do you remember when, before you had a phone? No, I don't even remember what it I was like. It hasn't been that long. I don't it's even only remember. Been, it's been a little over a decade. How would I send the amusing photos that I sent to you and Mike today? <laughs> what amusing. would have happened? It's a very funny photo. Coming up next, uh, Gavin Ortland will be with us. We're going to talk about why good suggests God. It's also National Croissant Day. Oh. We're going to appreciate bubble wrap and Jerry Boyer in the 5 o'clock hour. Can we have a croissant and bubble wrap at the same time? With Jerry. 1.5 WORD WORD This weekend, Word FM gives you twice the fun. Double your pleasure. It's a 101.5 WORD Double Play Weekend. Double Play. You'll hear twin spins from your favorite Christian artists. Two. Two in a row from Mercy Me. One after the other. Two. Two from Casting Crowns. Can I get another? Back to back. Back to back hits from Chris Tomlin. Do that again. One hit from Jeremy Camp and then another. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a hankering for some double mint gum. Call now with the artists you want to hear two in a row from. 877-349-1015. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call 1-888-472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 888 472-4418. Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon, or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? 
Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage. With the help from the pros at Salem Surround, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. You know the, uh, the phrase, and they lived happily ever after. And they lived happily ever Everybody loves that. I mean, when you see that, don't you go, aw, aw. You do Pittsburgh, aw, aw. Because we, I think we all believe in the nature of goodness, right? That we all want to believe that goodness is the driving force in mm-hmm. this world. And of course... <laughs> There are lots of uh, things I can think of that offer alternate evidence. Man, all you got to do is you know look at your social media feed and or, or television or whatnot, and you see how wretched we are. But I believe, especially if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that we believe that good overrides everything. And I, of course, I, I know that in my bones. But why is that? Why do we appreciate, or why do we? lean forward, and in some ways, almost demand a happy ending. Gavin Ortland is with us. Gavin is the senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Ojai in Ojai, California. Uh, he writes a, a regular blog, GavinOrtland.com. You can go find it. But he did uh, have a piece on, on his Twitter feed, Why Good Suggests God. Gavin, welcome to the show. How are you today? Doing well. Good to be with you guys. Thank you. Gavin, talk about the good. I mean, is it happily ever after? Um, well, from a Christian perspective, yes, that's ultimately what we think will happen, and it's a message of incredible hope. Um, this kind of came up for me when I was thinking about movies, because I really love watching movies, And um, but I went through most of my life without really thinking about why is it that every movie has the same sort of plot line? Mm-hmm. You know, you have good versus evil, um, usually good is disadvantaged in some way and is struggling. So I love the Rocky movies. <laughs> yeah. So I think of Rocky fighting the Russian. He's always got to be the underdog, you know, or um, whatever. Uh, you know, in Star Wars, you've got the light side and the dark side. Yeah. And it occurred to me at some point, why is it that every movie follows the same plot line, good fighting evil, and then eventually good wins? Hmm. There's a few movies where it doesn't happen, but even in those Sometimes people are dissatisfied with that because they think we kind of feel deep within, as you put it, John, we feel in our bones, good should win at the end. There should be justice at the end. So that started me thinking, well, why is that? And I've been thinking about that from a Christian point of view. Excellent. Okay, so uh, picking up this movie theme, Gavin, as I'm I'm watching you uh, preach and teach about this, you bring up a movie called The Grey. And, uh, and I know this movie, and then you bring Roger Ebert, the uh, late film critic, who's one of the renowned film critics here in America in the last 50 years, into the conversation as well. Set that stage for us about the movie The Grey. Okay, and a full disclaimer here, this is the movie's a pretty dark movie, yes, so it people is. should be aware of that going into it. But um, it very powerfully portrays a kind of nihilistic worldview where people are dying, um, they're, they're fighting these wolves in the Alaskan wilderness, and they're sort of dying one by one, and there's this sense of dread throughout the movie. 
And um, Roger Ebert uh, wrote in his review that he was just filled with dread at this. And sometimes movie critics will watch two movies in a row uh, while they're at the theater. And so he started a, another movie, and he said it was the one time in his career when he had to leave uh, the second movie because he was so disturbed by the first one. Hmm. And it wasn't because it's a, you know real bloody or something like that. There's a little bit of violence, but I think for him it was the philosophy of the movie and this sense of the darkness and the sense of despair that it conveys. And, you know, it really is the case that when a movie leaves you with something other than a happy ending, when, when the good guys all die at the end, it's unsatisfying. Mm -hmm. And we feel in our hearts, no, surely it can't be that way. And to me, that's suggestive. And I like to, to wrestle with that and think about that in terms of the work in apologetics I'm doing and thinking about basically a moral argument and why I think good ultimately suggests the reality of God. Mm -hmm. I've always loved this idea, Gavin, that all the stories that we love best are, is the Jesus story just told in a different way? Because that's the story our hearts want. That's the story that deeply satisfies the soul in a 100% capacity. And so we find a way to retell it over and over again. So whether, whether we recognize Jesus or not verbally, whether we recognize him in our lives, there's something about our soul makeup that causes us to want that. And to me, in my life of you know, dealing with friends and coworkers and whatever. To me, that's the easiest way to start talking about Jesus with someone who doesn't know him yet, is that you recognize that we have that same yearning, all of us, regardless of what we believe. Yes, exactly. That's, you know, one of the things I like to, to bring it to is the power of sacrificial love. Because this, uh, following along with your comment there, Kathy, this is a point that we see in movies a lot, where not maybe not every movie, but many movies will have some kind of uh, sacrifice that the good characters have to make that is done out of love. That is what causes good to triumph over evil. So we could think, I mean, some obvious examples would be like Aslan giving his life for mm -hmm. Edmund and that kind of thing. But in other movies, too, uh, there's a lot of sacrificial love. And most of the skeptical people that I talk with, whether or not they believe in God, they believe in love. Now, maybe not all of them would say that, but most people have a sense that, yes, love is a really good thing. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a noble thing. It's worth uh, giving your life to. And so that raises the same question as good is, you know, where does that come from? Um, in a naturalistic worldview, it's hard to see how love is connected to anything transcendent. Mm. Um, you know, it's just a survival mechanism from the evolutionary process for the naturalist. It's just helped animals survive, and that's why we value love. And that's very unsatisfying. So that would just be one example of kind of what we're saying here, of where I think the, the values that we see in the, in the struggle of good versus evil and in the way that we tell stories um, is suggestive that perhaps there's something more than, than naturalism. Perhaps the reason we find love so beautiful is because it is connected to something transcendent. And that's what I believe as a Christian. Gavin Ortland talking about why good suggests God. So, Gavin, then as we are God's creation made in his image, then are you saying that that love, that quest, that desire for goodness, for that happy ending ever after, 
that ha- that is placed in us, that is in our bones, our DNA, our soul, that we are all sharing this no matter how far afield we go? Yes, that is certainly my view, and that's, I think, the Christian view, um, that the longing we have in our hearts for love is not just reducible to biological processes that predated us in the animal world, but it does connect to something transcendent. Love is a, is a truly objective and stable category. It exists independently of human beings. And uh, it's helpful to see how dark the naturalistic worldview can get, for, in my opinion, uh, because if you don't have anything outside of nature, it's tough to have a really high view of love or a high view of goodness. Um, you know, if we think about it, there's, there was no love before um, the human race came along, or at least some kind of animals came along. Once the universe starts winding down, there will be no love, no goodness, no happy ending. Um, these things are just part of what helps animals survive. And that's a dark worldview, a very dark worldview. Now, what I like to do then is flip it and just imagine for the sake of argument that Jesus really did rise from the dead. There really is a transcendent triune God who made us in his image, and there will be a happy ending. Just thinking of the difference that that makes, um, it brings such hope into that the darkness of that worldview. And I like to just commend that to people and, and ask them to consider it if they're skeptical of the claims of Christianity. I think seeing the stakes of how what a difference it makes is really helpful in the process of, you know, commending our faith to others. That's Gavin Ortland. Gavin's the senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Ojai in Ojai, California. He writes regularly at soloquium.com. Gavin, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, love this uh, this deep dive, even though we just touched on it shortly. You're always engaging. Hey, thanks. Good to be with you guys. Gavin Ortland. You can find him easily on the web. His blog is interesting, just like the man is. We'll take a break. Come back. Hey, uh, National Croissant Day. Are you a fan? Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Licker Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Licker Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Licker Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
Com. Right now, there's a child living in extreme poverty with no future and no hope. But you can bring hope when you become a Compassion International sponsor. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 and sponsor a child right now. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. God told Isaiah to walk the earth naked for three years, and here's how much faith Isaiah had. He did it! This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. Which I think explains the credibility issue Isaiah had with the Old Testament Jews. At Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Little kids would come in the house and be like, Mama, Mama, the Messiah! The Messiah's coming. Who told you that? Isaiah told me that. Naked Isaiah tell you that? General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. Go to your room. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM. Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tonight, cloudy most of the time with a low 24. Tomorrow, considerable clouds with rain and drizzle in the afternoon of the high 39. Tomorrow night, a little rain in the evening, otherwise mostly cloudy with a low 29. Saturday, cloudy with a couple of rain or snow showers in the afternoon with a high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. So, you know, there's National Day of this and National Day of that. And we yep. try to mention the ones that are interesting. And so I brought up the croissants oh. simply because I think there's a dividing line. What do you mean? The croissant lover mm. and the non-croissant lover. Who's a non-croissant lover? I'm, I am. What? You, what? I don't care. That's like not believing in goodness. I'd, no, it's not. Yeah. This is what it is. There's, it's not worth the calories. Oh, well, okay. I mean, if you're going to go there, you know, most things aren't worth the calories. No, it's not true. No. Now, a, a very good piece of chocolate cake is worth the calories. Eh, eh, I'm not a big chocolate cake fan. G- right. Given I mean, the that's choice. Sad. I'm just, I feel badly for you. Given the choice between a piece of chocolate cake and perhaps two croissants with like some raspberry well, jam. Well, now you need two. <laughs> yeah. A chocolate cake is a lot of calories. I guess. But the croissant has so much mm. fat in it but to make it so light and fluffy. So it, to good. me, it's just not that. It's oh. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel really? like it's a thing. I if, don't feel like the the hit is worth it. No, for me it is. If I walk by like a bakery and I I look and you know there's like a, a table with croissants, you they've got my name on it. Really? Oh, I what love about, them so no, much. Plain ones. Plain. I don't like you the, don't like the ones that have chocolate no, sprinkled on no, them no, or no, no, you know no, powdered no, no. sugar no, or no. what? You want a sandwich in there? No. No. Just give me a croissant. Butter. Butter. Maybe a little raspberry jelly. Raspberry jam. Oh. That does sound good. That sounds when fabulous. When you bring up the raspberry jam, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. I love a croissant. All right. It's so light and flaky. Okay. When it's you were little... in Europe, did you eat them all the time? Yes, I did. Of course you mm, did. Yeah, okay. happily. Uh, also, bubble wrap appreciation day. <laughs> 
That's ridiculous. I always think of them together. Isn't that ridiculous? It is ridiculous. Bubble wrap. How about those poor people who like uh, are obsessed and they sit there and go. Burr, 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 what do you mean burr, poor burr. people? I do that all the what? time. What? I don't even know you. Every time I have some bubble wrap, I have to sit there and like take care of all of it. I don't like that. That drives me up a wall. When you hear someone do it? Yeah. Oh, I think it's very satisfying. I liken that close to a mental illness. Maybe. And I love you. Maybe. What? I, that, believe me, that doesn't bother me at all. You want to sit there and pop those yes, things? Yes, I do. You know what I appreciate? Mm. How about the kind of packaging now that is recyclable, oh. that is, you know, has air, it, it's infused with air? The pillows. They're like little pillows, and then yeah, you yeah. just poke them with your scissors, and you just recycle them? Are they That's as a good? great idea. Are they as good as bubble I think, wrap? I think they're better. I don't know. I'm a little leery. No, about, I like honestly. it. I like it a lot because you're getting a larger cushion, it's a wider space, and it's recyclable. I don't think there's a downside. So my kid went to college uh, a week or so ago, and he bought a, a special, you know, his a special tea mug at Walmart for three bucks. He forgot it, so I said I'll send it to you. So I went and found a box. It cost more to send it. It cost me nine bucks to send it. <laughs> what? What? My other kid wrapped it. He said, it's $9. I'm like, what are you kidding me? Nine bucks? The mug is $3. I should have broken it and said, buy another mug. Anyway, he had those little pillows in there. And and my my, uh, youngest kid said, those pillows aren't nearly as good. And I I believe that's true. Well, why? You get a lot more inflation, so Mm, to speak. I don't know. Something about it. I don't trust. I just don't trust. Every time I open a package from Amazon or wherever and it has those things, I'm glad. Wait, so now you're saying you're recycling those pillows? You have to recycle those. What they're for? I don't think recycling's happening anymore. Oh, so now you need to bring up the China connection. No, no. I'm just saying I think recycling as a nation is essentially dead. Yeah. Well, we're, since we've been selling our recycling to China for the yeah. last decade, and now they're saying we don't want your garbage right. anymore, and we're all mad. Like, well, hey. How dare you what's not wrong want with you our guys? garbage? Yeah. I mean, my recycling's overflowing. And I, you know, what? Just, you, nobody's picking it up? No. Like, you know, like I, I recycle like everything. Everything. Well, you can only recycle the things they tell you can be recycled. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? I yeah. had to go out and buy an extra recycling bin. Right, because you are that because you care that much about I the I was earth. committed to it. Now I kind of go, just throw it in the trash. I know, because now Couldn't you don't care. know. Just I get agree. it in there. I know. It's going, not going to China. You know, yeah. it's where it's going to end up. In Millville? Know, it's end up I don't think so. Philadelphia, maybe. Maybe it should. Coming up next, the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the Auschwitz death camp was on Monday. We have several stories to share with you so that we can be people who never forget. You can probably think of things that would make you a better employee or parent or student, but what would make you a more faithful Christian? Find out how to excel in your walk with Christ as John MacArthur continues his study, Reaching for the Prize. That's all this week here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. 
Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God, one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Howard Thurman's theology of radical nonviolence inspired a generation of civil rights leaders and gave a voice to the disinherited. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for the sixth annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith, Friday, February 7th at 5.30 p.m., featuring a free screening of Backs Against the Wall, the Howard Thurman story, followed by a discussion with Emmy Award-winning filmmaker Martin Doblemeyer and Professor Walter E. Fluker. Free and open to the public. Details at pts.edu This past Monday was the liberation the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. It's a really significant anniversary because when you think about the rise of anti-Semitism and I am of a firm belief that that is the gospel truth Mm -hmm. that there has been a deep rise in the last several years of anti-Semitism and I don't know where that comes from or what it means I mean all you got to do is look at our city of Pittsburgh it's there Jews are being targeted and killed once again in in numbers so when we talk about the Holocaust which is our duty whether you are a believer or not, but especially if you're a believer, we should speak deeply about the Holocaust and the murder of more than 6 million Jews around the world. So as the celebration of the, um, the um, liberation of Auschwitz came upon us, there were a lot of different uh, publications who were reporting stories. And what's fascinating is, you know, the story is so brutal that when you do see stories of goodness and truth yeah. and humanity loving on humanity it's such a surprise you rejoice in it yeah. right but on the flip side of course there are these stories that are untold that are even now still coming out i mean just the other day i read a story about there was a, a guard um at a, another concentration camp wasn't uh, auschwitz but uh, his father i think it was his his grandfather was one of the guards there and they had this family this German family had stored photo albums that the grandfather had made of his time in the concentration camps. And they're shocking because now these stories, these photographs are being published in a book and they show these guards 
men and women, like everyday life. Like going to work. Having tea, mm-hmm. celebrating, socializing. Somebody's birthday. Right. Like in the, in the machinery of the mills of death, the people who were those executioners were just like you and I. They showed themselves somehow living day to day, but then when it came time to drive those poor people to the gas chambers, they sort of switched another gear or turned another blind eye to the the, the horridness of their work. I saw an article um, about Auschwitz, and this really shook me to the core. Uh, The story is essentially this. That in 1940, as the Germans were really ramping up their efforts, they went to a a small town in Slovenia. And there, the Germans put up an edict that all unmarried women from the age of 15 to 23 were to leave this village and they were going to work for the German government. They were going to work at a shoe factory. Right. They had no choice. They had to go. Several women in their 40s decided to go in place of their daughters. Right. They filled in the blanks for their daughters. Now, the parents were essentially duped, of course, right? You're not going to believe the Germans because they took these girls, a total of 999 girls left this village, and they were taken to Auschwitz, where uh, this number, 999, is um, Himmler. Himmler is one of the architects of the, the German war and he machine. he had some kind of... A cult fetish. Yeah, a cult fetish with that number. He had taken 999 uh, women's prisoners from Ravensbrück yes. to go to Auschwitz to become guards there. And so he decided that it was what, that important that he get 999 girls from Slovenia. 999. So these girls were taken, and they thought they were going to do one thing, but essentially... What they did was build the concentration camps. Most of these girls died the first year. They were to, they were to demolish old buildings with their bare hands. They emptied trash out of frozen lakes. They built dozens of new barracks. Uh, for clothing, they were given bloody uniforms of dead Soviet soldiers. They, uh, they didn't have shoes. It was just horrific, the things that they were forced to endure. And... Most of these 999 young girls suffered the most horrific indignities. Now, those who survived as prisoners were being brought into the death camps, they were elevated to sometimes secretarial work or doing um, menial jobs like sorting through the new arrivals' clothing or jewelry or shoes. Now, of those 999 girls who were sent to those death camps in 1940, today, six survive which is shocking. They have to be 90 to 95 years of age. But six survive, and on this 75th anniversary this past week, they somehow reconvened. Now, they'd been to the death camps many times in the past, but because of their advancing age, it's still shocking that survivors still show up year after Mm -hmm. year. They said, we don't have to go back. Our stories have been told, but we all know the surviving six of us We stay in contact with each other. And we know that we were the first ones to go to Auschwitz. In the accompanying article in the um, Washington Post, there is a photograph of some of these young girls. Beautiful. To see a 15, a Mm 16-year-old girl, and they're standing before the camera, unknown about what awaits them. And they're beautiful. They're just simple, 
and clean, and they shine. But to think about what happened to them, the horror that was pushed upon them, it's just shocking man's inhumanity to man. That's why these stories are so important that we remember those people who were murdered by the millions. I read an article about Vitoli Pilecki. What do you hear about him? He was a, a Polish man. He was a farmer. He married. He had two kids. He's from a pretty aristocratic family. But when the Nazis invaded Poland in 1939 at the start of the war, he was called back to military service. But Poland fell, as you know, within a month, uh, split by the Nazis and the Soviets. And Pilecki went into hiding and joined the burgeoning Polish resistance. Now, until I read this article, it's really well done by uh, Jillian Brockel in the Washington Post. I didn't realize that the uh, Polish underground was actually more effective and greater in number than the French resistance. No now, the French kidding. resistance is famous, right? We know. Yeah. We've heard all sorts of stories. But half of all the intelligence from continental Europe to reach London came from the Polish underground. Wow. How about that? Um, it was the biggest operation in Europe, and they provided high-quality intelligence that was much prized by the Allies about German war capacity and German war production. So he started this resistance cell, and they decided that they were going to do whatever they had to do to work against the Nazis. Mm. So they decided on different missions that different people would do. And guess what his mission was? Tell me. Pilecki was arrested and sent to Auschwitz voluntarily. Okay? The site, of course, run by Germany in occupied Poland. He went to on purpose. He put himself in the middle of a Gestapo sweep so that he could go to Auschwitz and start a resistance there. Hmm. Now, he had no idea. What he was walking what into. What he was walking into. But keep in mind, he also could have refused. This was voluntary. But on September 18, 1940, he was sent to Auschwitz. The article says nothing could have prepared him for the brutality he found. As he leaped out of a train car with hundreds of other men, he was beaten with clubs. Ten men were randomly pulled from the group and shot. Another man was asked his profession. When he said he was a doctor, he was beaten to death. Anyone who was educated or Jewish was beaten. Those remaining were robbed of their valuables, stripped, shaved, assigned a number and prison stripes, and marched out to stand in the first of many roll calls. Let none of you imagine he will ever leave this place alive, said the SS guard. The rations have been calculated so that each of you will only survive six weeks. But listen, Pilecki was not going to be defeated by this, and so he organized his underground at first, it was just a few men he knew from before at home. But in the end, he had nearly a thousand men. A thousand men. They formed a network to steal and distribute food and extra clothing. They sabotaged Nazi plans whenever they could. They hid injured and sick prisoners. And they improved morale with a sense of brotherhood and regular news they got from the outside world. By 1942, and barring for one incident, one incident after all this time with the Gestapo spy, not one of Pilecki's men betrayed each other. Wow. In extraordinary circumstances of violence and starvation and just unbelievable despair. He built really something powerful in the camp. But keep in mind, he's still there. I mean, there's no leaving, right? So he's got these thousand men. In October of 1940, they worked together to smuggle messages to the resistance outside. 
So they started getting messages to British intelligence. And you know what the message was? Mm-hmm. Bomb Auschwitz. All thousand of us are ready to die because what's happening here is so bad that you need to get over here and end this Nazi experiment. We will gladly sacrifice ourselves to blot this place off the face of the earth. But of course it never was bombed. No. Britain at the time didn't have enough airplanes. They didn't they thought that flying that far would be too dangerous. They didn't want to waste that much fuel and they had no precedent the article says to take action for humanitarian reasons. Cuz who could imagine what was happening? They, so Over the next two years, he continued to send messages to London saying, you don't understand. This is what's happening now. I told you this before. Well, guess what's happening now? So as the years went along, he realized that Britain was not going to be able to do it because they didn't have the capacity. But when the U.S. joined the war, he thought this is it. This is going to be the moment when they're going to bomb this place off the face of the earth. And it never happened. And it never happened. I mean, we talked about this earlier in the week. When the Soviet troops came upon Auschwitz and the other death camps, they at first were dumbfounded by what they saw. They had no idea the extent of the mass murder that was going on. Right. But believe me, when you read this account, he let them know every detail he possibly could, and they still didn't do it. Did he survive? They still didn't do it. So by the spring of 1943, he had accepted the fact that no one was going to come. Without any outside help and uprising, he knew would never succeed. He was frail. He was in danger of being found out. And he decided it was time for him to leave. It took months to plan, but he and two friends pulled off an incredible escape through the camp bakery. April 27th, he sneaked into Warsaw, where he was briefly united with his wife and his two children, and he began running the resistance again in Warsaw. Oh, my goodness. Based on what he had seen and lived through. But here's the thing. You know what he could not get over? What? PTSD. He couldn't. He couldn't get back into society. Could he couldn't reunite with his wife in See any meaningful way. He couldn't be a father. And it, it just, it was too much. He, he found himself writing day and night about the horrors he had witnessed. And he even returned to Auschwitz after the war because he wanted to reunite with some of the people he knew there because he felt more commonality with them than he had with people in the outside world. Because you've lived the nightmare. Right. And you can't separate from that nightmare. Now, the sad story for anyone that knows uh, post-World War II in Poland is that the Nazis left only to let the Soviets come in and take over. Which was almost as bad. Right. So Poland would would spend the next 40 years as a communist puppet state behind the Iron Curtain, but Pilecki really didn't live to see much of that. He remained loyal to the idea of a free Polish republic. He continued to send messages to British intelligence now about the Soviets. But finally, he was arrested by communist authorities in 1947, tortured repeatedly, and executed as an enemy of the state. Unbelievable. But this is what he said as he was being led to his death. He said, quote, I've been trying to live my life so that in the hour of my death, I would rather feel joy than fear. What's his name? Vitoli Poletsky. Amazing story. So, this week, we should never forget. Never forget. 75th anniversary. Tell the stories. Yes. If you've got them, tell them. Take a break. Stick around. Hey, Jerry Boyer joins us from the 5 o'clock hour. Can't wait for that. Hope you can, too.
Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Brr, isn't it chilly? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup. Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves, and heifers out in the elements, milk the hundred cow herd twice a day, and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm, no matter what the weather is. Winter at the Springhouse store means a little sleep slower pace, so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too, like chocolate cherry cordial. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Howard Thurman's theology of radical nonviolence inspired a generation of civil rights leaders and gave a voice to the disinherited. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for the 6th Annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith. Friday, February 7th at 5.30 p.m. Featuring a free screening of Backs Against the Wall, the Howard Thurman story, followed by a discussion with Emmy Award-winning filmmaker Martin Doblemeyer and Professor Walter E. Fluker. Free and open to the public. Details at pts.edu. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code half off. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code half off. Start with Lowe's and save big to update your bathroom. Because when you spend up to $1,000 or more on select vanities, faucets, toilets, and more during our bath event, you can get up to $250 back via Lowe's gift card rebate. And shop our store and save event to pick up an Edsel 72-inch by 48-inch 5-tier steel freestanding shelving unit for $10 less, now $79.98. Whatever it takes to get the job done right, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 2-5 U.S. only. Phil Collins mm-hmm. covering the Supremes. Yep, that's right. It's his birthday today. Phil Collins. Yeah. He of Genesis. I like Phil Collins. Oh, me too. I really like. You know, um, the Abacab album. Oh, yeah. My favorite Genesis. Yeah. Uh, no Reply at All uh-huh. on that. Yeah. Uh, a Lonely Man There on the Corner, I yep. think, is in that one. Know on it. that one as well. How old do you think Phil Collins is today? Phil Collins. Uh, 
I'm saying 70. Is he 70? 69. Yay. Phil Collins. All right. It's also Christian Bale's birthday. I love Christian Bale. Do you? Tell me about that. Well, um, he was in a movie when he was a kid um, about the death camps. And uh, he, he starred in this film. He was only 13. Wow. Yeah. It's a fabulous film. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, it's called Empire of the Sun. Hmm. Incredible film. Do yourself a favor. So from an early, early age, Christian Bale was a powerful actor. And if you look at his uh, internet movie database string of movies, he is all over the map. I mean, people know Christian Bale mostly, I think, from Batman. That's what I know him from. Right? No, man. I don't he, even think I can think of another movie I've seen. Oh, him no, in. no. Um, well, he, now he's, you know, he's Ford versus Ferrari. Right. Right. Uh, but I haven't seen that yet. Listen, this is one you would love. It stars Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Oh, what? The Prestige. Oh, The Prestige. I did see that. Yeah. That's a great film. Well, of course I, for- it is. I, I actually forgot that was him. Yeah. Um, he stars in a film called The New World, which is about, of all things, Pocahontas and uh, the colony of Virginia. Look, I'm telling you, look at Christian Bale's... Uh, I mean, American th- Psycho. Yeah, no. no. Okay. No. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he played Dick Cheney in Vice. I right, refused right. to see that on principle. I saw it. Because that... It was such a slam job, wasn't yeah, of course, it? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. You knew that's what yeah. it was going to be. Uh, the Big Short. Yep. I mean, he's just fabulous. He's, he's deeply he's American very versatile. Hustle. Uh, yeah, saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Public Enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Not There. Uh, I've not seen that. Okay. No. Uh, the Prestige. We talked about <laughs> Loved that. It. Yeah. Uh, the New World. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's. I'm not wonder- reading all of them. That's I'm just Terrence Malick. Yeah. The New World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, uh, Equilibrium. I don't know. Okay. Rain up. Shaft. Shaft. 2000 version. Really? Anyway, he truly, he has a, an impressive. Oh, man, he's massive. Number. Good grief. Portrait of a Lady. Uh, I don't know. 96. Okay. It's a book I love. He's been right? around forever. Yeah, he has. Okay, so I, I think he's got a, a an interesting face. And by the way, Empire of the Sun just popped up, as you okay, said yeah. it would. It's really yeah. it's... Okay, um, how old do you think Christian Bale is? You know, because when you look at his his credits, you think he'd been around for decades and decades. Of course, he has, but he started so young. Uh, he's not that old. I bet you Christian Bale, at the most, is at the most 45. 46. 46? Fabulous. Are you ever off? Is he ever off, Mike? More than a year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah I've had some major. No, you really oh, yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's a very. 46. Str- it's like a savant like ability. Well, just because I watch a lot of movies. He's like Miss Cleo. Exactly. Who's Miss Cleo? I don't know. Call me now for your free reading. I don't know that. Never is. seen that before? No, no. No. What is that? Late night television? <laughs> like in the, yeah, like late 90s. Really? Miss Cleo? Call it's Ms. a YouTube Cleo. hero that Mike, Mike's currently your free following. Free reading. <laughs> All right. So you're, if you were the Academy. Yeah. And your own awards were coming up. Yeah. Your best picture this year would be. Yes. You know, look, we talked about this with Tim Mulholland. The, the, uh, no, Tim Mulholland. Tim Mulholland. Yeah, Tim Mulholland, Mulholland wasn't available. Mulholland. Uh, I'm, I'm, look, there's a lot of great films out there this year. 1917, fabulous. Uh, Marriage Story, outstanding. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Um, I, What's the Korean one? Oh. Um, Parasite. Uh, Parasite. That's fascinating. Really, it's a fascinating movie. There's a lot of great films out there. I, 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 I don't have like, you know, this is, 
this is like the film of all films. I got I've said this before though. One film that wasn't nominated for an Academy Award, which I think about often, is the Adam Sandler film. Oh right, what's Uncut that? Gems? Yeah. That's a weird, dark film, and it is so tight and so tense. I think about that film often, and it wasn't even nominated. Okay, what if one of the <laughs> are women. there any oh, Little Women? Are there any films that were nominated for Best Picture that if they win, you're going to be no actually irritated? No. I won't. I mean, Ford versus Ferrari, I'd be really surprised if that would win Best Picture. Little Women, that was an excellent movie. Um, no. Uh, what about The Irishman? It's okay. But I you mean, don't think it's his best work? No, I don't think it is his best work. But, you know, it's Scorsese. And, um, no, it's not a, uh, to me, it's not a great film. What's the Brad Pitt one? Oh, Once Upon a Time in America. That's a wonderful film. I love that as well. That's a well. You're useless. An odd delight. I am. I mean, useless. good grief! I'm telling you, I don't have, and that sort of speaks to the awards thing. Who cares? What you're gonna you're gonna signify one film above the rest? I don't get that. If you like movies, you like movies, and you want to try to go see as many good movies as that, that are out there because they're compelling. They're beautiful. They're you know deeply emotional. I haven't seen one film that's I've nominated seen, for best. I've seen all of them. One. Every one of them. So you went and saw Little Women. I did. What'd you think? I cried. Did you? Of course did. you did. I did. Everybody, it's, I loved it. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one of the uh, are they this Sunday? No, they're mm. not next. They're not this Sunday. Next Sunday, right? Oh, this Sunday is the Super Bowl, right? And then we have to live through uh, Groundhog Day, also. Right. Are you betting on the Super Bowl? Oh no! Because you know, never bet on the Super Bowl. Talk about a waste of cash. I don't bet, but you know, they're saying more people are going to bet on the Super Bowl this year than ever because of legalized gambling. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show, the Friday edition of The Ride Home. But Jerry Boyer joins us during the 5 o'clock hour. Stay with us. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. For news, I'm John Scott. The World Health Organization has declared the outbreak of a new virus from China a global emergency. After the number of infected people spiked more than tenfold in a week, the United Nations Health Agency made that determination as more cases of human-to-human transmission are being reported worldwide. To date, China has reported more than 7,800 cases, including 170 deaths. Eighteen other countries have reported cases as scientists race to understand how exactly the virus is spreading and how severe it is. Senators continuing their questioning of House managers and President Trump's defense team in the Senate impeachment trial. Friday will be a key day as the Senate debates whether to call witnesses. On Wall Street, the Dow picked up 125 points today. The Nasdaq was up 23 and the S&P gained 10. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your... When you're searching for a new mattress, you may be faced with the choice between a traditional inner spring or memory foam mattress. But you don't have to choose. You can get the active support of a high-quality inner spring with the comfort of memory foam in the new hybrid mattresses from the original Mattress Factory. With two new hand-built hybrid models to choose from, you can expect the latest in sleep innovation at the same high-quality and factory-direct pricing you've come to expect from the original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. When the original Mattress Factory first opened for business, we offered mattresses that were the same quality as the mainstream brands, but at a fraction of the cost. Our Factory Direct model made it easy for customers to understand they were getting a great value. But over the last few decades, the mainstream mattress brands have made major cuts to quality, while the original Mattress Factory's quality has only improved. And we still cost less than those other brands. 
We know that all sounds too good to be true. That's why we're inviting you to stop by one of our stores or factory locations to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. You see it on TV every day. Global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year and that's great news for homeowners if you have a current rate above 2.99 percent call us to see how much you can save if you qualify we'll even pay your closing costs and we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit with our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone for a free quote go to cashcallmortgage.com or call 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average, schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit MAD.org. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Tonight, cloudy most of the time with a low 24. Tomorrow, considerable clouds with rain and drizzle in the afternoon with a high 39. Tomorrow night, a little rain in the evening, otherwise mostly cloudy with a low 29. Saturday, cloudy with a couple of rain or snow showers in the afternoon with a high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. We often look around uh, about stories about religion in uh, mainstream media. And it's interesting, you know, to, to see what people of no faith or casual faith think about theological, philosophical questions. So, uh, you ever see the, uh, the website Gizmodo? Yeah. Gizmodo. So uh, last week, uh, Gizmodo posted this. Which religion is friendliest to the idea of aliens? So Gizmodo went and they they asked what they considered, you know, um, the experts. Now, these experts, for the most part, you know, I often think about, you know, what you talked about when you go into um, the universities and religious studies. Most of the people there, this is not, you know. This is no slander or anything. Most of the people there are not particularly people of faith. No. They're more academic. Right. They're, they're textual experts. Right. So 
the experts that uh, Gizmodo has gone to are you know people like um, Karen Pacellis, professor of comparative religion, Drew University, or Diana Walls Pasulka, professor of philosophy and religion, University of North Carolina. And so you know they all take you know like seven or eight different professors from various universities across the country who all took a, a stab at you know this answer. Uh, this is interesting to me. Uh, this man, uh, Christian Weidemann, his title is Lecturer, Protestant Theology, University of Munster. Recent papers include Did Jesus Die for Klingons Too? and Is the Origin of Life a Fluke? So uh, Christian says this, Every major religion on earth could easily accommodate the discovery of intelligent alien life, with one exception, Christianity. Christians maintain that persons who have committed moral wrongs are in desperate need of divine salvation. This is now this is Christian Weidemann's perspective. The good news is that out of grace God will save many, according to universalism, all human sinners. Christians also believe that Jesus Christ played an essential part in God's terrestrial work of salvation. Now, imagine the universe is teeming with other intelligent civilizations. What is a Christian believer supposed to say? Claiming that Christ died only for us while no. the rest of the universe no. is screwed, would be incompatible with God's no. love. That's well. That's a that's that's a silly take. Yes, it is. Again, okay. So that's a silly take. So, and this is a, a man who would claim himself as a believer in All Jesus right, Christ. Fine. Diana Walsh Pasuka. Uh, she says, before that question could be answered, which religion is friendliest to the idea of atheist? It's a good idea. Aliens. I, a, not aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> saw that. A. I just grabbed it. Uh, uh, it's a good idea to consider the issue of the definition of religion. Okay, so now it's you. For most people in the Western tradition, religion is something that follows a set form of patterns. There is a God. There are usually sacred books and places to go for people. So uh, even in Western traditions, take Catholicism, for example, talk of extra, extraterrestrial life has been going on for more than a thousand years. Okay. In 1891, Pope Leo Eighth. I'm sorry, the 13th, established a space observatory, which was there already, to study unexplained flying objects. Buddhism also references the existence of other worlds. It is obvious that most religions and spiritualities have considered the existence of beings from other worlds. It is actually not a new question. However, what is new is that there are UFO religions or religions today that incorporate ideas that extraterrestrials are here already for various reasons. The nation of Islam is a classic example of such a religion. Obviously, religions like that found by the French man Raoul is a UFO religion. As he said, he had a direct experience of a flying saucer and his and spirituality. And made a religion out of it. Right. It emerged directly from that experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. So what would happen? Okay. That's the question. What would happen if today... At the point in downtown Pittsburgh, a flying saucer landed and aliens got out, right? That as, would, as a Christian, what would I think? Right. I would think the way I think about any other observation or scientific discovery of the natural world is that this is a, this is another type of revelation. That all things work for the good of God? Of course. Well, all things work for the good of those who love God, who love God yeah. and who are called according to his purpose, but... 
I mean, it wouldn't ruin my faith in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing no. in the Bible that says that there are no aliens, that there is no, that there isn't life on other planets. I mean, the dude who was talking about the fact that Christianity couldn't come to grips Find with space. that's that's silly. I mean, what I think it, I mean, as we understand the message that God has given us, it would mean that there would be a Jesus story an interaction, a life that Jesus lived amongst another civilization on, on that another planet. planet. Mm-hmm. Which would be fascinating. It would be fascinating. And so who are we to say that, that it would never have happened that right. way? Our story is for our planet. Yes, for us. It's for us. Do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in UFOs? That there, we are I definitely not... believe in UFOs because oh, there's the... way too much... There, there are way too many sightings to think that there are not. But UFO means nothing. It just means it's unidentified. Yeah, but if you then if you believe in UFOs, then you've got to believe in aliens. No, because why? Then someone's got to produce that. Well, because I don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm, but I'm someone not, had to manufacture the spaceship. Well, I'm not saying it, it's a mechanical spaceship. spaceship or some kind of Oh, you believe projectile. in UFOs, which I'm could be saying, sun flares right, or something like that. Exactly. Right. Now, we talked to Hugh Ross on our program. Yesterday, he's he's an astronomer. Yeah, but we didn't talk about this yesterday. No. But we he, have. He's an astronomer. And he's written a book uh, on this subject. I think it's something – I think it's Little Green Men. The Nephrim. Something. No, it's not that. Little Green Men. It's a different book. But, um, but he says that his contention, his belief is that there are extraterrestrials. Among us. Uh, there are, no, he just said they're extraterrestrials. I don't know if they're among us or not. I don't remember that part of the book. But he believes that they're demonic. Really? That's his take. Hmm. So – it's again. It's just everyone's opinion. It's not it's, like we have a lot to go on here. It's everyone's opinion. What but, do we know? But to think that Christianity is the only religion that is completely incompatible to the idea of aliens is no, that's ridiculous. Is silly. Yeah, just a bias. I don't know. It's what a would question ha- for what, the ages. What do you think would happen? Well, if I mean, if a, a, a spacecraft landed, uh, you know, at Point State Park or wherever in this world. It would be so frightening mm-hmm. because someone so intelligent. How do you know that they're more intelligent than we are? Because how far away is it? Tel- I mean, the you limited don't... means that we have, we, we, we have no sightings of them. See, so for see, them to have but, the science but, to put okay, that together, okay. they've got to. F- well, you don't know that they had the science to put it together. It could have been dumb luck. I mean, we, we, what? our assumption that if extraterrestrials came to Earth, they would be smarter but, than us is Yeah, no, silly. no, I don't think There's so. There's no reason to believe that. It's not like they just showed up from the other side of the moon. They had to come from, from forever and ever right. away. and maybe it was dumb luck. Maybe they're not <laughs> so intelligent that they've what? engineered some great scientific so. advance. It was just an accident. It's like they're driving a 59 Ford here. We don't know. Come we, on. We don't know anything about it. I would think if you I would see. I think that you've watched Close Encounters so many times. I love that movie so I much. Which I know you do. Yeah, I know you really do. Good. But that's. That's a total fantasy. Yeah, it is. It's a total fantasy. Uh, all uh, I'm saying is no matter what happens, no matter what natural phenomenon, phenomenon occurs, it doesn't make the Bible less true. Oh, I and agree if, with that 100%. If God is God, and God is the God of the Bible, and he's also the God of natural revelation, I believe that that there are two revelations. There's the, there's the, the written, and there's the natural that we see, right? Yes. The heavens declare the glory of God. Yes. Then... Wisdom will be called for as we work it out. Truth and goodness. God will still be God. Jesus will still be on the throne. I'm into that. All right. And the universe is cool. 
Oh, it's so why shouldn't we be curious and excited about what we're going to discover? Still be scary. It's awesome. <laughs> we need to take a break. Jerry Boyer is with us in just a few minutes. Do you know we're talking about aliens? No, he doesn't. Okay. He's going to talk about how do you invest in corporations who are a little dicey. Stick around with that, okay? for living. Chuck Swindoll exposes our insecurities. Someone put it well, we're not who we are, we're not even who we think we are. We are who we think other people think we are. If I had the power to change anything within the ranks of fellow Christians, it would be this. I would ask the Lord to make all of us real people. Hear Chuck Swindoll Monday through Friday on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling. Not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. 101.5 WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. If you're going to have courage in your life and you're going to understand that God is working in your life, you've got to be in the Word. This is the mind of God. This is the heart of God. If I neglect the Word of God and neglect spending time with Him, I'm not going to be strong. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD.
when it's time to invest money, how do you look at it? Yeah, we were just talking about UFOs. Right. <laughs> I mean, it sort of feels like the same way. Right? Yeah. What? What? It seems it's like such an other it is. world. Yeah. I mean, if, unless you're schooled in it, or you've schooled yourself in it, or you've got someone a professional that you you know trust implicitly, mm-hmm. it is is super dicey. Well, I think historically Christians have looked at this in a particular way, which is, um, and I'm not talking about the places that you're going to donate money. I'm not saying you know you're going to find a way to no no you know your tithe. This or is I'm to talking, build this your is, wealth. This is to build your wealth. Right. You know the companies that you're going to invest in. You're going to make sure that they don't do bad stuff. You're saying this about I'm, I'm how saying, you choose I'm saying invest? historically, I think Christians have looked at investing in that way. Okay, so uh, they would call it like um, sin stocks, right? right. Alcohol, right. tobacco, right, pornography, right, right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. gambling. Mm-hmm. Right. right, we're not going to get involved in those. Yeah. So instead, I want to make sure that my portfolio is clean. So we're going to invest in, I don't know what. Wind. It's, it, but see, that's the thing. You're not, it's not much about what you're investing in it's what you're not investing in that's what seems to be more important which might give a little window into how christians tend to look at the world okay so are you saying we're just not going to do those things so you're saying like you know in in your portfolio you know you're looking at your 401k and whatnot and uh you know your other investments and things okay i'm not going to invest in you know gambling i'm not going to invest in companies that do you know make uh, guns yeah or pornography or Or a part of the defense establishment i mean you know the 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 thing right now is you know uh, you know everyone you know 30 and i'm not going to invest in you know fossil fuels it's bad right. I'm not, we're just gonna yeah, and we've, yeah. we insist that you know the universities pull out of fossil fuels as That's well right. and this is my money and i'm going to stand up for god and i'm going to say we're not going to give my money to these people now yeah. so i do don't make, do i don't look that? at it that way you don't so I don't. You, you're just letting your portfolio in the hands of professionals and they're going to try to get the best return on their dollar on your dollar no matter what but is that the best way to do it i don't know jerry boyer is with us uh jerry is um an editor of Town Hall Finance and uh, deeply invested in the financial life and health of Christians. Jer, uh, welcome back to the show. How are you today? John, great to be with you. Kathy, how you doing? Good, Jerry. But am I polluted by the sins of the companies I've invested in? Well, that is. I think that's a good way to frame the issue. Um, if you look at the at the life of Jesus, what you see is that he associated with all sorts of different people. Um, that would have been considered ritually polluted or too sinful to deal with. And he dealt with them. Um, And what's fascinating about Jesus is, you know, he touches a dead body, he should be unclean. But he's not, because his power is so great, and his holiness is so absolute, that rather than the unclean thinking, him making him unclean, he makes what he touches clean. The, the cleanliness is contagious. With the coming of God into the world as a human being, the holiness becomes the contagion, whereas before, evil and death were the contagion. So I would argue that Christians do not have to, you know, not buy an iPhone just because you can download pornography on an iPhone or not buy Apple stock. There's all these rules. Christians can't do this. Christians can't do that because because those people do something sinful. What's sinful is committing a sin. It's not sinful to associate 
with people who commit sins. Right, but is there... And I think that once you understand that principle, then we have a lot more freedom than we realize. But, Jerry, is there a difference between association and making a profit? I think that a, the commercial association is a very common form of association. It's mostly, you know, most of our associations are like that. So can you work for a company um, that has people doing sinful things in the company? Yes, yes of course. you can, right. because they all, all the companies have people doing sinful things. Uh, can, you have in your, can you do business with a bank? Can you have a deposit with a bank? And maybe that bank also, I don't know, owns uh, a, you know, land where there's a strip club or something like that. See, at some point, we fell into the Pharisee mindset. And the Pharisee mindset is not what I do makes me unholy, but rather what you do makes me unholy if I associate mm. with you. Mm-hmm. And once you're there then what you have is stricter and stricter and stricter forms of Phariseeism. Um, but Jesus never went there. His example was completely in the opposite direction. But, so, but Jerry, if someone comes to you and says, Jerry, I got, I got a, a hot tip. You can invest in you know, this company, Pornography or Us, and we'll get you $1,000. We'll get you a 1,000% return. I mean, are you going to do that? Would I personally invest in in private like private equity in a pornography company? Yeah. No, of course not. But that's not what the discussion really is about. What what we really have is a situation where you've got a four hundred one k plan or something like that, or four hundred three b four three b or whatever, and in there you have a mutual fund, and in that mutual fund is maybe the S and P five hundred, and one of those companies in the S and P five hundred might be a big bank, and a small proportion of that bank's money might you know go to something untoward, and then we're going to declare the whole thing unclean, even though you're like three degrees of separation from it. That's that's what the discussion is. So I would say that your moral responsibility is directly proportional to your level of influence. Mm-hmm. So if I were on the board of a company that sold pornography, I would vote to shut down the pornography operation. Right, right. I mean, where, where I have authority, then I absolutely should say no porn here at all, zero toleration. But let's say I'm a member of a credit union or something, and, mm-hmm. and you know, how about owning stock in a, um, in a pharmacy chain? And you go to the and you can buy, you can go there and you can buy your chocolate bars and you can buy your Pedialyte and over there's some dirty magazines. So, how much of that uncleanness can I shop there? You know. Um, I think we lost him. Jerry, are you there? I think he fell away. All right. Uh, how well, about it's a, we? It's a perfect time to take a break. Yeah, yeah. We come back. We'll reestablish telephone connection with Jerry Boyer and continue the conversation. Here's my question, John. Yeah. I mean, if someone else who's running a company is screwing up and doing something untoward morally, I mean, can I repent for them? What if I'm not involved? You're going to repent for somebody else's sins? That's what I'm saying. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt 
debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. I am doing all the right things. Drinking plenty of water, eating right, and exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing for multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on the spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, cloudy most of the time with a low 24. Tomorrow, considerable clouds with rain and drizzle in the afternoon with a high 39. Tomorrow night, a little rain in the evening, otherwise mostly cloudy with a low 29. Saturday, cloudy with a couple of rain or snow showers in the afternoon with a high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Jerry Boyer's with us, editor of Town Hall Finance. We're talking about investing and how do you invest well? Do you invest like Jesus? Jerry, I want to move to purchasing. And you can tell me if these are related and how closely. But one of the. Can we go back back a second? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to what John just said. Can we invest like Jesus, right? Well, I. Exactly. Um, what, What. Who did Jesus invest in? Sinners or non-sinners? Sinners. Yes. He's our example. He invested in sinners. Yes. So do we. He didn't keep separate from us. He didn't, make, he didn't think dealing with us made him unclean. He didn't think being with sinners, even being associated with sinners, made him sinful. Um, he loved us enough to engage with us. Now, we talked before about, you know, our 401k or whatever, yeah. and, you know, someone's doing something bad. 
and are we allowed, do we have to separate or screen them out? And I said, no, but I think we do have, there is something we should do. We're the owners. We should be talking to them. The shareholders are in charge mm-hmm. of these companies. And we have completely ceded the ground out of a false sense of holiness and separation, completely ceded the ground to the secular world. Right. So, that, so that basically American corporate life and boardrooms are almost completely without Christian influence, even though a majority of shareholders are Christians well, and the majority are also conservatives. So this is what our separation mindset has gotten us. I see. A form of woke capitalism that is intensely hostile to all things Christian. So, Jerry, I have never been to a shareholders meeting. Have you? And if you have, please describe it. Shareholders meetings are now almost entirely populated by people who are part of the hard left and especially of the sexual revolution. Um, They'll buy one share just so they can go and speak. Um, whereas we have the majority of shares, and we don't even know that we can go. Mm-hmm. We don't even know that we have a vote, um, and we end up voting for all sorts of things. Um, and uh, and we don't because we've given our money to someone who's managing the money. We give it to an advisor, and an advisor put it in the fund, right. and the fund gave it to somebody from human resources department, and they uniformly vote to exclude a Christian point of view and a conservative point of view, and then we gripe about it not understanding that our absence is the cause of the things that, of the thing that we're complaining about. So generally, uh, instead of, you know, uh, oh, I don't agree with Starbucks, so I'm going to boycott. So instead of boycotting, we should show up at the shareholders meeting. Absolutely. There's a pretty good chance if you have a broadly uh, diversified index, um, there's a pretty good chance you own some Starbucks. Um, now, the you know, CEO of Starbucks said, if you're, if you're against gay marriage, I don't want to as a shareholder. Too bad, dude. I mean, you went public. You don't get to decide who your shareholders are. Um, and so you can show up and you can vote and you can vote out members of the board of directors and you can vote in new members. There's even something like an initiative and referendum where you can vote on an issue. And the secular left has used their tiny numbers with tremendous organization and engagement to almost completely win the day. And us, with our superior numbers, we've so surrendered that I don't think, I don't think we've permanently lost because I think they've overextended themselves. But we basically haven't shown up. We've created a vacuum, and then we complain when we lose. I see. So is that a battle a, that we didn't even know about? Then is that a combination of our ignorance and apathy? Yes, ignorance, apathy, a false sense of what holiness is. I can't invest in that company because they're sinful. Um, whereas I think it's quite the opposite. The more sinful things are, the more engaged we should be. Um, maybe a, maybe a false sense that we, we're going to lose them all. Um, so we shouldn't even try. Sometimes people's eschatology tells them it's just going to get worse and worse, yeah. so don't try to do anything. Whatever the reasons, it adds up to paralysis and apathy and a lack of taking full responsibility. I mean, as citizens, we vote, right? Well, as owners, we have a shareholder citizenship responsibility, too, and for some reason, we don't seem to use it. I think we don't know. Jerry Boyer is with us, editor of Town Hall Finance. Jerry, let me ask you about purchasing. You know, I appreciate, you know, the last 10, 15 years of watching, especially young Christians, be concerned about issues related to fairness, issues related to equity, trying to look beyond, you know, partisan uh, perspectives and try to see the actual person. You know, I get all that. Uh, At the same time, when it comes to something like purchasing, like I'm going to go, you know, I don't know, buy a pair of jeans one place. I'm going to go buy a pair of jeans at another place. Um, All of a sudden, it's become 
not all of a sudden, but over time, it's become very complicated. And it seems as if in the Christian subculture that if you don't do your absolute homework and get down to, you know, where the where the where the bottom level fibers are produced, then you're not really caring about the world as a whole. And you don't care about, you know, seeing the 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 kingdom of God realized on Earth. And, and so if you do go down to the ultimate foundation and find out where those fibers are from and you care about every single part of production, then somehow it produces, I don't know, either wokeness or works righteousness, depending on your perspective. <laughs> it's very complex. Yeah, there's a conservative version and a liberal version, right? There's a sustainability version, you know, like the TV show on NBC, The Good Place. I don't know if you're familiar with that show. Yeah. It's a it's a hit show, and it's about the afterlife, and people are going to hell. Why is so, why are so many people going to hell? Well, when you buy a tomato, um, you're buying somewhere up, up there. There was like some slavery in the supply chain, or there was some pesticide that was used, and because you bought that tomato, you participate. I mean, that's yeah, that's literally that's a theme in the show. Jesus came to free us from all that stuff. Whether it's the Pharisee version, which is I'm unclean because you're a sinner, or the sustainable version, which is the goddess will get mad uh, based on where this tomato came from, whichever version it is, we can freely purchase, freely invest. Um, We're not under all these restrictions. We're not unclean all the time. Everything's been cleansed. But we should still speak up. If we know something's mm-hmm. wrong, we should say something about it. Yeah. Okay. okay so, but so, t- so the distinction that you're making is that it's not that we shouldn't care, and it's not that if we find out something that we shouldn't act on it. But what? But that. that but uh, put it this way: what I hear is a conversation where there are people who are kind of in the in the kind of the Pharisee mindset, which is don't don't own anything sinful. The problem is everything's sinful. Um, then there's a bunch of people that are just like, ah, it doesn't matter, you know, it's only money, and I do, I'm just going to try to get the best return I can. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting the best return you can, but just like in every other area of your life, when you see evil, you should say something. When someone needs to hear about Jesus, you should tell them about Jesus, and that's true as an investor, too, and as a buyer. So you, some people say you shouldn't buy an iPhone because... Apple said something evil. Well, you can buy an iPhone. You're free to do that. But maybe write a letter to Apple. Mm, or you shouldn't okay. own Apple stock. Yeah, maybe vote. You know, or, or talk to them, or go to an annual meeting, or send them an email. Do something. Right. Witness. So, Jerry, as you gather with other men and women who are like-minded, like you, interested in finance, looking at the world uh, from a Jesus kingdom. This is the the theme of the conversation that you've been having recently, right? That we should go ahead and invest. We should be part of the Pharisee's life. We should let our light shine. We shouldn't be afraid and, you know, sort of cordon ourselves off and allow ourselves to be put in some, some sort of financial ghetto because, you know, those are them and we're better than that. And we just want to, you know, make sure that we're doing the right thing. We should be part of this world. We should show up. We should be part of the boards. We should speak up. But we should not be ashamed or afraid to be part of this world. We sh- that's right. We shouldn't shun. Um, we shouldn't shut up. Uh, we should, and we should speak up. So you can deal with all kinds of people. Jesus sat down with tax collectors and prostitutes. They were two extremely unclean groups. Um, I mean, there weren't many groups that you were not allowed to accept religious donations from if you were a religious leader. Um, they would take money from just about anyone except the tax collectors. They were so unclean, even their money was unclean. And Jesus had what, almost the most intimate thing you can have which is extended meals with those people. Um, but he didn't shut up. He didn't, show, he, didn't, he didn't show up because he needed a good lunch. Yes, he ate the lunch, but he also talked to them. He confronted them. And in the case of Zacchaeus, 
he confront he, he repented, gave money back, and restored a community. But if Jesus hadn't gone to Zacchaeus' house, what would have happened? Jericho never would have been restored. Yeah, that's good. Jerry Boyer, editor of Town Hall Finance, is with us. We're going to step away and come back. More conversation with Jerry. WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. If you're going to have courage in your life and you're going to understand that God is working in your life, you've got to be in the Word. This is the mind of God. This is the heart of God. If I neglect the Word of God and neglect spending time with Him, I'm not going to be strong. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. This statement is not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individual results will vary. If you tried to lose weight and failed, it wasn't your fault. According to leading medical experts, when we cut back on how much we eat, our body shifts into survival mode, reducing our metabolism and making us even hungrier. But now a breakthrough discovery that helps you fight food cravings is available without a prescription. Riduzone uses your body's natural appetite control, a molecule called OEA, to break that cycle. Riduzone is the only product that contains OEA. I've lost 75 pounds using Riduzone. My husband has lost 50 pounds using Riduzone. Riduzone has made it so that we eat less food, and it has taken away the cravings that we used to have. Riduzone has made it so that I can lose the weight without feeling hungry. Go to Riduzone.com. Use promo code today to save up to 65% off your order. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Save up to 65% and get free shipping by using promo code today at Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. I've lost 25 pounds since Christmas. This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. Gained 18, so it's like net 7. A night to laugh as a couple, February 14th. Your body changes the minute you turn 40 years old, am I right? At Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewick. I separated my shoulder on my 40th birthday, walked around the entire day in a shoulder sling. Everybody's like, Marty, how'd you separate your shoulder? And I was like, tucking in my shirt. General admission, just $30. VIP dinner tickets also available at wordfn.com slash date night. We're talking with Jerry Boyer. Jerry is editor of Town Hall Finance. Jerry, in our last segment, we talked about uh, wokeness or works righteousness, however we want to put it. Uh, whether we're talking about a, a Christian worldview or a sustainability mindset. But I've been thinking lately about our associations and whether we are um, 
whether we are made guilty by our associations. Now, at the beginning of our conversation today, you said Jesus was never made guilty by his associations. In fact, he was so profoundly holy that he made every interaction holier. But it seems as if today, especially in the whole wokeness thing, that if you're associated with the wrong person or if you're associated with the wrong company or you're associated with the wrong church or the wrong worship leader or you follow the wrong pastor or whatever it is, whatever they screw up has tainted you. And I don't know how you're supposed to repent for someone that you have an association with. Right. I like that guy. Or I don't like that guy. Why do I don't know how you? I don't. I don't know how we get yeah, out why, of this. Why do, why do their sins transfer to us? Right. Right. If you're if you if you're friends with somebody, or you're a colleague of somebody, or you work for a company, or on you're on the board of something, this is part of cancel culture, and there's a conservative version of it too, which is that out. It is a means of accusation. Um, the the shatan is the accuser. It's an official role, right? It's the court accuser. Mm-hmm. That the instead of being accused about what you've done wrong, you're accused of what somebody else did wrong because what? You're associated with them because you didn't denounce them or because you didn't denounce them with sufficiently with sufficient anger. Right. I'm seeing people being attacked. I'm seeing I'm conservative Christian brothers being attacked because they're friends with somebody who's a little more liberal and they didn't denounce them strongly enough. And of right. course that's on the left all the time. Did you have you denounced Trump enough, you know, I mean, unless you say that Trump is a Nazi and a white supremacist then you're part of the problem too. Right. So this happens left and right. It's a whole toxic culture. But what is the one fundamental thing they share? The idea is I can accuse you on the basis of something other than who you are. I can accuse you based on what somebody else has done. And once you give me that power, there's no, there's no limit to what I can do to you. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for you to get out of it. There's no escape because you can never escape enough. And the, some of the early church that went in this direction and, you know, Simon Steelitis, you know, he, uh, Simon um, the Steelite, he actually climbed to the top of a pole and spent, I don't know, 20 years living at the top of a pole, you know, because you have to be separate from all the sinners. Of course, you know, they're sending up a bucket full of food, and he's sending down a bucket full of I don't want to say what. And he's still interacting with the world. And Paul in First Corinthians said, when I tell you not to associate with the evil, I don't mean the pagans. I don't mean the unbelievers. You'd have to go out of the world, which is right. I and mean, Paul was very common sense about this. So you'd have to go out of the world to not associate with sin. We're supposed to be in the world getting closer into the heart of evil rather than moving away from it, because the closer we get to it, the more good we can do. Hmm. So this phase we're in right now, I wonder if this will pass. I mean, I, I was heartened this past week, Jerry, because, you know, the, uh, the, the Department of Transportation is now saying, let's put a hold on service animals. Let's, you know, let's, you know, sort of dial back peacocks and, you know, pet horses jumping on airplanes. And that was like the sort of the first time you kind of go, wait a second, somebody has a little bit of wisdom there. So this cancel culture that we're living in currently, is that will that ever self-correct, or is this just a road we're running down, and who knows what we're going to come up with? Well, I think, it, no, it will never self-correct. Um, it could be corrected by God through us, but we have to cancel cancel culture ourselves. Only we can model that to the world. Only Jesus could go and eat with the tax collectors and prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we can do that, but we, in order to do that, we have to put away our own desire 
to play one-upsmanship with one another, to play gotcha with people, Mm -hmm. to say, I'm not like you because I eat sustainable, or I'm not like you because I voted for Trump, or I'm not like you because I didn't vote for Trump, or I'm not like you because I don't have any sin in my portfolio. All this separation stuff, that's the world's way. God is not stingy. You know, it's interesting. You see, back in Genesis, God gives these gifts to people, and he gives us positive commands, and then the serpent comes along. And what does the serpent focus on? What are you not allowed to do? Mm-hmm. The serpent focuses on what you're, you're not allowed to eat from any of the trees. Oh, no, we're allowed to eat from the trees. We're not allowed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or touch it. See, the serpent likes a conversation that's all about what God has not allowed us to do. Um, and once we start with that, we're always going to end up in the Pharisee mm-hmm. direction. Once, we, once the whole conversation is, are you allowed to do this? Okay, well, how about that? How about pornography? How about a gun-owning prostitute pornographer? Who, and we just play that game, right, and right. it's really about how much is God going to get you, as opposed to starting what, with what he has positively told us to do, and then put limits on it, right? We're not supposed to sin. Well, we're not, the Christian life is just not the life of not sinning. It's the life of living to the glory of God, and then not sinning is the guardrail on the positive purpose. I saw this uh, exchange on Twitter several, oh, no. se- several, several weeks ago that was the essence of non-freedom, and it was, a, it was a tweet by Chris Pratt. I can't remember what he was celebrating. Chris Pratt, the actor. Chris Pratt, the actor, was celebrating something. And it was a good thing he was celebrating, though right now it's escaped me. And Jason Momoa, Aquaman, weighs in in the response portion of his tweet and says, Dude, really? You're carrying a single-use plastic bottle. How could you? It's appalling. At which point... Chris Pratt, in a perfect Twitter fashion, has to go, oh, my gosh, dude, you are so right. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. What was I thinking? Right. So it turns. So now Chris Pratt, there's no possible way for him to repent enough mm-hmm. of this horrible sin of carrying a single-use plastic bottle. And Jason mm-hmm. Momoa has to try to be magnanimous, but he's so correct that it's very hard for him to come down to a human level and recognize that it's just one thing. That's paradox. Realizing, isn't it? Yeah, and how many electro, how much coal was was burned, uh, sending a, a you know a, tw- a tweet out to millions um, in order to denounce single use plastic. I, I mean, I think one of the things that Jesus was willing to do is to say, "Hey, you who are calling us unclean, how about you?" Yeah. Um, because the accuser is almost always the worst perpetrator. They accuse; it's a form of projection. So if you find someone who's out there all the time screaming about how you're not righteous, righteous enough, that's a Pharisee version, you're not woke enough, um, often there's something inside that they're trying to hide. It's a way of dealing with guilt by shifting the guilt onto somebody else. Yes. And I think Jesus was better than anybody in the history in the world of taking the conversation and turning it around on the accusers. So, Jerry, whether it's Wall Street or social media, be with the Pharisees, but let your light shine. Yes. Don't worry about who you associate with. Worry about who you are. Um, And then stop worrying about who you are. Just be who you are in Jesus. And no accusation about your associations should make a mark at all. Fabulous. Jerry, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us today. God bless you. Jerry Boyer, editor of Town Hall Finance. You can find him easily online. Jerry Boyer.
They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast, with mashed roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. You want an insurance provider that lets you customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need? Try Liberty Mutual Insurance. Want to hear our new jingle? Here you go. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Want to hear it again? Liberty, 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 Liberty. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Mike Badalini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. and 1130 a.m. here on WORD. You can also call Mike Badalini now for your complimentary customized retirement and income kit and 115-page retirement and income book at 844-449-SAFE. That's 844-449-7233. I really thought I would die of stress long before the cancer. Because the diagnosis brought this avalanche of worries. The money, the travel, the burden on the family. One night I called the American Cancer Society, and they helped me map out a plan. Got me free rides to chemo and even a free place to stay during treatment. They took away those other fears, so I could rest up for the real fight. Please give at cancer.org. So here we are, the, uh, the next to the last day of January. Now, for a lot of people who, uh, who imbibe, who are drinkers, they would do something called uh, dry January. You've heard about this, right? That's because you have had so much to drink between Christmas and New Year's. Or Thanksgiving, or just over the holidays, right? It's just been one drink after another. So Ben Schmidt, who is a staff writer for the Trib, he wrote about um, what he found out during his dry January. And so... Over this past month, over these last 30 days, uh, Ben Schmidt said, okay, uh, my wife and I, were going to step away. He said, um, you know, the concept of dry January kind of left him wary because he's a guy who, he says, admittedly, I savor the post-work beer or cocktail after a long day of juggling breaking news, meetings, and headlines. So 
after uh, the New Year's, uh, him and his wife went on this this road together. And he says, what was the most difficult thing? Well, game dinner time. He says he's a sports fan. January has brought all the football playoffs. He usually enjoys a couple of brews while watching the AFC, the NFC championships. He couldn't do that this year. So my wife and I, we both remarked that after the work evening period, that posted the big challenge for us. That around sporting events and, you know, the sort of, for a lot of people, the go-to automatic after-work wind-down beverage, that proved a difficulty for them. Also, peer pressure. They found that their few friends and coworkers could not, mm-hmm. would not understand I bet that's a big deal. the ridiculousness yeah, of not drinking. Yeah, because if someone's not drinking, if you are drinking, they make you feel bad. Right. Like, what's wrong with you, dude? Now, he said those were the big negative things, right? Missing post-work alcohol and your buddies chiming in going, what's wrong with you? Benefits? Sleep. By far, the biggest difference, he said he's been sleeping like a baby throughout the month of mm-hmm. January. Also, he said... Um, Alcohol is a double-edged sword. Uh, think of it as a sleep aid, that it helps you fall asleep short-term, but it also can work against you. Because when your blood alcohol levels fall, as you're sleeping, your body tends to become more activated. So you tend to wake up more if you're sleeping more. He also said the big thing, the money savings. He said he could not believe how much money he was spending on, you know, hanging out at the bar or whatever, 20 here, 40 there, whatnot. Also, his health. He said there probably aren't uh, any long-term effects of taking a month off. However, he did drop a few pounds without those empty calories, and a few people mentioned that my skin mm-hmm. looked better. Yep. Also, I've, noticed, I've noticed that with people. Really? The skin thing, yeah. His sense of accomplishment. He said, I set a goal for myself. I stuck to it despite a few moments of temptations. My wife and I, we uh, went on this journey together. It helped my self-esteem and my marriage. How about that? What's the article from? It's from the Trib, and it's from a few days ago. Uh, It's from Tuesday. Ben Schmidt, here's what I found during my dry January experience. Congratulations. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Okay, so if you do it in January, then just keep it going. Right. Aren't you surprised by, you know, when you, like, um, I went out to dinner the other night with just my two boys, and, you know, we stopped in a place. It was kind of like a bar restaurant. That bar crowd is two, three, four people deep, deep often. I know. Yeah. And, it, and think how much money is being dropped. The thing I noticed, though, was it had a sort of cheers vibe. Oh, okay. That that's where people find their community. Yeah. Right? You mm-hmm. become a regular. The owners know you. The servers know you. The bartenders, of course, know you. And, you know, you more often than not, I think, find your sense mm-hmm. of being. Yeah, I can imagine that. Right? And there's something, yeah. I'm sure, for a lot of people that's comforting. It's warm about that. Sure, I've got a place to go, right? Yeah. But all of our habits are things that we like. Yeah. But not all our habits are good habits. Well, it's like, I mean, so, look, I'm not saying that, that drinking is wrong. No, no. But I am saying that I think that our culture is way alcohol saturated. Of course it is. And I think it's a sickness. Okay, so pick up the thread from what we were just talking with Jerry Boyer about. Yeah. Okay? So Jerry, Jerry's uh, inclination, and this is uh, the... the the perfect inclination, I believe, that as believers, we should hang with the Pharisees. Sure. No, we should not be a Pharisee. We no, should hang with the we people. Should hang with the Pharisees. We should hang with the people. Yeah. Right? We should not be a Pharisee. Everybody. We should hang with anybody. Right. So, what's it like? And, you know, I've done this. I've worked in bars and restaurants where I'm not a drinker. 
And, you know, you do get that. Mm -hmm. But then, you know. I go to bars all the time. Right. Well, yeah. 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 You sit there by yourself and you read. Mm -hmm. That's fine. (laughs) I'm hungry. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Listen, it's it's no big deal. It is no big deal to go into a bar and not drink. You just have to. It's. It, it's I don't care. Did you ever feel funny? Never. Did you ever feel? Never. I not never, a single time uh, ever did I feel weird about it. As a former drinker, I I'm remember. I'm paying money. I'm buying. Now, if I go in and just get like a club soda with lime, I think I'm going to feel badly because everybody else around me is dropping 20 bucks. Right. But if I'm going in there to eat. Yeah, have something. I don't feel remotely badly. Well, I remember when I first stopped drinking, you know, decades ago that I, I used to feel uncomfortable. Well, I'm sure because you you were a drinker and you didn't want to be in bars, you didn't want to start drinking again. Well, no, but by me, like you know, I remember like going to um, weddings, and you know, you, you ever see this? Like people do this when pe- some people who don't drink at weddings, they'll turn their glass over. I, I hate that. I was like, what? I, that's like a that's it was a, like a that's scarlet a total letter. Morality like, move. What was that all about? And I kind of thought, oh, do I have to do that too? Oh I, gosh, you know, no. <laughs> and that, like you know, you and then I remember initially as well that I used to have to sort of um, apologize mm. for not drinking. What's wrong? You know, right. well, yeah, I'm just you know, which no, is also you don't a weird to thing. Well, of course, that was an early kind of thing. Sure, you just kind of get over. Of course, it, right. But there is something. But I think people who drink feel like if they didn't drink, they would have to apologize. And I just want to assure you that you don't have to apologize. You know where I find it hardest Mm. is when I'm at work events where corporate types are gathered because alcohol is always involved, no matter what your business is for the most part. And people are always very surprised that I don't drink. I'm always open and say, you know what, I, I just don't drink. And they're always kind. I've never had a person be like, oh, that's stupid. Right. But it is something you have to be willing to explain. How about with family? Do you feel over pressure there? I, well, I mean, they know well, me they, so they well. Are. I've explained that so many times to them. Know. They don't want to hear my story. I mean, you know, dry January. Uh, Make it a dry February. Ben Schmidt, congratulations. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Last week, we saw history made as President Trump addressed the annual March for Life in person. Yes, previous pro-life president.